0: Welcome to the Save What You Love podcast. I'm Mark Titus. Today, we get to have a conversation with David Holbrook, founder of the Telluride Mountain Film Festival and Original Thinkers, a new group of folks that are dedicated to bringing ideas about sustainability and a better way of looking at the world and entertainment and entrepreneurship uh, based in Telluride, Colorado. David is also the director of an HBO documentary called Diplomat. It's about his father and we get into what it means to be a father and a son and how those complicated relationships are precious and ephemeral so excited for this conversation today if you're enjoying this podcast consider giving us a rating on apple podcasts write a review if you like it really helps our visibility and if you're looking for ways to support bristol bay wild salmon and get great food on your table at the same time go to avaswild.com and you can order wild, regenerative, flash-frozen Bristol Bay sockeye salmon fillets to your door in quantities of two, four, or six fillets at a time. It's super easy. You can go to avaswild.com. That's the word save spelled backwards, wild.com. Thanks, as always, for listening. So glad you're part of this community. We'll see you next week. How do you say
1: David Holbrook. Hey, how you doing, Mark? Good to see you. It's good to see you. Uh, you. Where are you coming to us from this morning? I'm in Mill Valley. I'm on a uh, little road show for Original Thinkers, a festival I started, and we're going to uh, do something at Canyon Ranch, so I'm in the Bay Area. So it's been a uh, little exciting. There's various things happening at the house I'm staying at, so if there's noise, I apologize. That is all right. We have dealt with that and more, uh, trust me. <laughs> so, And I
0: think everybody out there in uh, our audience um, is f- more than familiar with Zoom hijinks these days. So um, oh, we're going to proceed with plum. Listen, um, I know what Original Thinkers is because I had the great opportunity to participate with you last fall, even the, in the middle of a pandemic. And um, we're going to get into kind of the big picture about – that and what it is and how you created it and how beautiful it is. But I wanted to give our audience first an opportunity to get to know you a little bit. Can you just tell us your story and how did you come into this work that you do that fuels your fire
1: every morning? (laughs) I don't know if it fuels my fire, but it it certainly gets me out of bed. Uh, Yeah, I I guess I'm a, a filmmaker and cultural entrepreneur is how it, uh, my, my bio says on our website. So it's, you know, I've been making films for a while. I've been in media storytelling for a long time, uh, previously in television, uh, TV news, which is something I recommend all filmmakers go work in. And I've been uh, working away at making documentaries and then also curating festivals. And so i have spent a decade as festival director of Mountain Film and Telluride and then started after that this thing called Original Thinkers, which is an ideas festival that I began in 2018, and uh, has been really exciting. So it's sort of the list more than my story, but we'll have to start there. I'm still waking up, so I apologize. Yeah, that's all right, man. We'll
0: we'll ease into these waters, and uh, right instead too. of jumping off the the high dive, but huh. um, let's let's make it a go ahead yeah get some water uh, let's make it a little easier on you um, where'd you grow up what was childhood like what was uh, what was the the world of David Holbrook like as a as a young David Holbrook
1: uh probably pretty confused but I uh, I grew up in DC my folks moved there I was born in Thailand which was a, kind of a cool place to be born I guess my my father was in working in Vietnam as a diplomat And my folks went to college, and then they went over there and got married in uh, in Saigon in 1964. I was born in 65, and then we. I always think of growing up in DC as my hometown. That's where I was, uh, which was a pretty great place to grow up. I have no desire to live there now, but at the time, it was a real, um, you know, fun and sort of outdoors place to grow up strangely enough and my folks were doing work that was interesting in big buildings and I'd go visit them there and there was something really impressive about it and I think it also gave me a real sense of uh, civic understanding or beliefs or certain things like that that I really um, am grateful to have had in my life. Well your dad's work I know has been
0: a topic of your life of great interest. In fact you made an entire film about it called uh, Diplomat. And and uh, I would love to hear about the thinking and the passion and the genesis of what went into the creation of that film. Why did you make it?
1: Um, I made it because I need to understand him better. It's something I say in the film that I, I need. I set out to understand him better in death than I did in life. And he was a, a big, brilliant, complicated figure in my life, and so wanted to understand what he had done better it was important and it mattered and save lives and shape the course of history and and you know i didn't really understand that in the same way while he was alive so i uh, decided to head out into the uh, his world and and try and figure out how to tell a story about him that resonated and that was what ended up The Diplomat, which is on HBO. People can check it out there. And, and it's something that really came together well, but it, it, it was it was a beast. You know, it was certainly the hardest professional thing I've ever done. And I've done a couple of hard things along the way. But um, it worked and it honored him and was true to what I wanted it to be, which was honest, honest, but loving and and... Gave a real sense of who he was and 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 why he mattered and why diplomats matter. And so, you know, for me, it was a, it was a you know a true journey and kind of an epic one of of trying to understand generations of family and massive foreign policy decisions and enormous uh, uh, personality differences, all kinds of stuff. So <clears throat> it was exciting. Look, I know um, what it
0: takes to get a film up into creation into the world it's a it's a huge feat and um there's the technical side of it the creative side of it the financial side of it which is always a mountain yeah but then you're also tackling something that's incredibly personal and um transformational i think potentially was it for you did you were you able to connect with your
1: data in a deeper way by doing that project yeah for sure yeah, you know, <clears throat> absolutely. I just understood who he was and how how hard a lot was for him, how easy a lot was for him, how he was, you know, yeah, he, he was true to himself, both for, good, for better and worse. And um, understanding that helped me understand myself, helped me understand, you know, become a better father. Um, it, it's all a it's a compli- He was a complicated person to understand, he, unusually so. Uh, but he was brilliant, and he had a fascinating life, and and shoved a lot into the sixty nine years. And so for me, it was it was something that to really um, focus on family, and not just myself or my kids, but his father and his grandfather, both of whom had epic lives themselves. My great grandfather <clears throat> fought for the Kaiser in World War One, and then left mm. Nazi Germany in 1932 after reading Mein Kampf. And he was Jewish and said, "We're out of here." But so, so in, you know, less than 20 years later, less than 10, you know, just a little decade after he's fought for the Germans in World War One, he leaves the country because it's unsafe for him. And understand that journey and understand those decisions. Kind of amazing, and and so you know, I interviewed seventy five people for the film. Mark seventy five, like forty some made it. Wow! Into, in, yeah, it was a deep dive. Forty some made it into the movie. Yeah, and these are you know, presidents and secretaries of state, and so many people that like a lot of really impressive people couldn't make it into the film. It just didn't fit. Didn't work. But it was a deep dive for sure. And I think one that for me was ultimately really, uh, really worthwhile and, and for the audience, you know, what, you know, we were able to get the film on HBO, which is great. Like, you know, this, this isn't, you know, home movies. This is something that's way bigger than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't
0: know your dad personally, obviously, but, um, what I've gleaned is that he was, uh, incredibly tenacious and, hard charging and um do you feel like those are traits that you share and have they served you and um and or have you identified them and been able to um move into another direction if necessary
1: um yeah i i don't i don't think of myself as tenacious or hard charging Yeah, i'm pretty laid back in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. i live in telluride colorado i'm um I move at a a different pace, but I, but I, I'm what I believe in, what I work on, I take seriously. Yeah. I'm committed to it. And, um, um, you know, want to make sure that what we're doing is, is excellent. You know, that, that I really care about. Um, but I'm also trying to balance life and being able to say, okay, I'm going to be in live in the mountains and do serious work. Isn't, the easiest thing to do. And and there are people who are doing it. I'm just fortunate to be able to, to be in a space where I can do that. So that's been really nice, but tenacious. He really was, and he really was hard charging. Um, and, and I just am not, and and I think as partly as a reaction to him, not wanting to, Hmm. um, not wanting to be hard charging, you know, hard charged himself, into an early death at sixty nine, you know his his tenacity. But but it was also what he was doing. The stakes are so different, and 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 the pressures are so different. That's the thing I, I think, you know, his um, what what killed him really was the stress, and mm. and you know I, I just don't want that much stress in my life. I, I don't mind pressure it's a different thing, but stress is messed up and I just don't need to, to, and so I'm conscious of that in terms of him and in terms of myself and in terms of how I work. And, and so, you know, but we're, uh, yeah, I'm still figuring it all out. Like, like all of us, you know?
0: Yeah. Isn't that the truth? But, you know, I'll say that, I don't think everybody gets the chance to really fully examine their relationship with their father or their mother. Um, you know, but for men, especially with the relationship with the father can be, um, very complex and I identify with that as well. And, uh, I had a super hard charging and, um, successful father and, um, have recognized the traits in him that, you know, I share and also, um, the, the things that I need to do to, um, as you say, like step back, calm down, understand that I'm, you know, mortal and, and I've got to, um, take things one thing at a time, but the, just taking that on and having that opportunity to reflect on that, I think is a real gift. And I, I'm just, yeah, I'm in awe about it, man.
1: It's, it's really, it's really something and it's inspiring to
0: me. So thank you for that work.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, look, I, I think that's right. That that, you know, One of the things I, I suggest to people is to interview their parents if they can, while they're still alive. And I never do with my father, but I have with my mother and my stepfather and my father-in-law, um, all of whom have these, and my uncle, um, which was fascinating. And and you know wow. these stories matter, and and there are stories, and especially family stories are our stories uniquely, and. We need to to have those, you know. And, and I think the um, the questions you ask, you know, find out about your parents. Just asking them what college was like, you know, will reveal so much about mm-hmm. them that I think is, is valuable and worthwhile. But with my father, it was a different level because it was posthumous, and it was and it was also public, you know, in a way. So the, you know, all of it's wrestling through the. Um, the issues and the questions, but I think it's, it's hugely worthwhile and, and, and just, it's easy. If nothing else, just interview them. You don't need to get into conflict or unresolved stuff, but just like hear stories from when they were young. You know, I am so glad you said this. This is something
0: that honestly, it's like the glasses on top of your head. It, It hasn't occurred to me. I mean, I interviewed a ton of people and I haven't interviewed my folks Um, I did interview my grandparents before they passed, and, and I just, it was an audio tape, but I remember so fondly sitting around the kitchen table and drinking coffee and just for hours talking and listening to those stories. And, uh, that's a huge inspiration, man. Thank you so much for that gift. I'm going to do that. Um, well, listen, uh, kind of a really lovely little segue, I think, into our next chapter here, um, is you know get it you gave yourself this gift of understanding of of where you came from at least a better understanding of it and i think we all especially as americans have a deep desire to connect with place and to have an understanding of our roots how did that desire land you in telluride and what is what is the work you've you've done there since you've been there starting with the uh the Mountain Film Festival.
1: Um, Yeah, I was just drawn to Telluride, not a hard thing to be drawn to. I went there with my father when I was in my early 20s and just kept going and moved out to Telluride when I was 26 for a uh, season and just became a much better skier and saw this culture that I thought, oh, yeah, this speaks to me. And then I was able to move back in 2013 with my family uh, full time, which was amazing. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time there, and, and you know, Telluride's an unusual place, and and I've got now three decades of history more than there in various ways and times, and and it uh it, and I and I think one of the things that's unusual about the place is the sense of innovation, and you know, there's just a history mm. of it, and that's. Manifest in a bunch of different ways from the Telluride Film Festival being the fourth film festival in the country to exist, and in Telluride in the early '70s, it's hard to imagine like how dusty it was, what an outpost it was. And then they're like, "Yeah, let's put a film festival that becomes world class there." So there was this thing that that's beyond the ski town, and if you look at you know, and all ski towns have their different flavor. But Telluride is the one that really speaks to me because the skiing's killer, the community's awesome, the culture is is really impressive. You know, I can ride out my, you know, ride out from my house to town park, which takes maybe four minutes, and go see Neil Young play in our park. Like, wow, that's amazing. And and then the film festival brings so much. And what we're doing with Original Thinkers. Has its own thing. You mentioned Telluride Mountain Film, which I was at for a decade. That's very much um, intrinsic with the nature of the place. So yeah, it's it's special for sure. And you saw it when you came last year to Original Thinkers. Boy, did I! Um You know, I came right when the
0: aspen leaves were just shimmering gold. Uh, the light was just so. It was incredibly magical. There was there was a lot of power I felt being in in that place. And now you've been there a while and as you said you were with Telluride Mountain Film for a long time and now original thinkers which we're going to dive into how do you how do you take this thing that is this spark of creativity and innovation and desire for community and build it as is the case with the film festival and through time, keep it true to its vision. I mean, there's, as we know, there's film festivals all over the place that, and, and other things just like this, that, that get big and they kind of veer off course because they get commercialized or um, popularized. Um, What, what is your strategy for keeping a concept that is based on a, an innovative idea and, and something that really has fire in your heart about and keeping that thing on course.
1: Yeah, look, um, you know, cultural organizations have their own flow and, and funkiness and all of it, you know. And, and, you know, I think for what we're trying to do is, is keep it um smart and and fun and you mm. know if it's not if it's not fun at some point then you know it doesn't mean everything's fun of course not and there's frustrations and failures and foibles and all those things but at the same point it's like okay let's be human and remember that we're trying to figure this out the best we can and I think so much of that's the team and and you know, for me, I've really enjoyed uh, trying to get the right people in place, and so we've got a really good crew right now, and um, and that's a big part of it. It's just like, okay, let's do the work, let's do it um, efficiently and and with heart and intention, and and then you know, see how that all that falls into place. And so, you know, I have no idea what original thinkers look like five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Um, But I I can just sort of impact what I want to do now. And, and, and right now it's really fun. We've got good people. I've just taken our new partner who's wonderful, a woman named Meredith Lavitt who comes from Sundance uh, and is a 20 year veteran of that place. And so she's coming with a lot of great thoughts and energy and thinking. And so you know, we're, we're really moving forward on a bunch of levels, but it's, the key thing is just like that's manageable. I don't want it to be to overrun me. You know, I don't want to to get out of control that I can't kind of do the things I want to do and and make everything work. I apologize, there's a chirpy in the background. It's unfortunately not birds, but we have a recalcitrant fire alarm in the place I'm staying and that I haven't been able to figure out. Um, so <laughs> so every once in a while I hear this beep, beep, beep. It's okay. A, recalcitrant,
0: big props for that. B, yeah, I'm going to pretend it's birds just because, you know, that's a little better than. Recalcitrant
1: Recalcitrant birds. birds. That's like angry birds. Recalcitrant birds. birds. It's the new new video game. It's the newest thing. Recalcitrant (laughs) birds. I like it. (laughs) That's
0: with an edge. Angry birds with an edge. Hey, um, for those of us, uh, I know I got a little inside look at original thinkers, and I am just on board and, uh, you know, the things that I'm trying to do in my life are all aligned with what I witnessed and was able to experience at original thinkers. But, uh, for the rest of us out there that don't know what this is, can you give us the the big picture? What is original thinkers?
1: Um, yeah, it's an ideas festival that I started here in Telluride. Um, and it's really the bigger picture is that it's a media company and, and the, the festivals a really important part of what we're doing. Um, it's sort of our flagship event, but it's part of a larger media strategy to say, okay, original thinking really matters. It matters now more than ever. And can we find ourselves in a place where we're a one of the leading platforms to offer original thinking through media, through events, through film, through podcasts? And, you know, it, it's... It's universal, you know, and, and, and what we really believe at Original Thinkers is that it's that um, it's very inclusive. Our, our tagline is, we're all original thinkers when we put our minds to it. And I think that's hmm. really true. You know, the, the notion of, okay, can we, you, me, anybody think originally? Yes. But we don't think about it. We don't try to. We don't make that effort. We don't recognize it. And so we're trying to do all those things. We're trying to say, okay, there's a place to to, um, to gather around original thinking. There's a place to, um, you know, sit and watch, to take in, to read, all of it. And so uh, it's an exciting space. And and our main thing though is the festival, which you you came to our our, our pandemic version, which went really well you know we we were lucky and that we could uh host it at a time in first week in october when we had zero cases where we were in our county and so that made it a lot easier we had a space that was outdoors with four walls but no roof and so it all it all worked <laughs> together really worked together really well and this year we're pointing towards 2021 we've got a really good lineup um some very uh impressive folks coming to town we've got um, a real opportunity to do something meaningful and and working towards it so i I hope people turn out october your listeners will check out original com and it's october september 30th october 3rd is the festival so sort of a big overview but it's great
0: now, there's, there's obviously a way, uh, there, it's an in-person event, um, but is there a way for folks out there to get involved online as well from wherever they are?
1: Yeah, well, one of the things we took away from this past year was we really had to uh, have a hybrid, you know, and, and so we did everything virtual and we did everything live. We did some things live and we'll do the same this year, is that our, our live presence Will be six or seven shows in Telluride. Then we'll have ten shows available virtually, and so that's the awesome. is to figure that out, yeah, it is awesome. We're really psyched on it, and it feels, uh, you know, we, we want to keep building the brand, and having a, a digital library is really helpful to that. And there's a, and it also is a way for people anywhere to watch. And, and I think to tune into what we're doing and 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 share it. And I think, you know, what we're doing has a lot of merit and people uh, will, who check it out will be impressed. Yeah. And obviously, people who come to Telluride will have a different experience. But I think the the meaningfulness and the realness of what we're doing will really come through virtually as well. You know, I, I was so
0: impressed with the lineup of folks that you had and such a varied amount of topics, um, one of which was uh, Jeff Orlowski talking about yeah. the social dilemma, uh, about the challenges we face with social media and um, our um, <laughs> being the product. Um, there's a lot of challenges we face here in this country and you know, around the world. Um, and you're tackling a lot of them, at least in terms of the media and the storytelling part of it through Original Thinkers. And you also have another project um, that you are inherently involved in uh, called EarthX. Can you tell us a bit
1: about that? Yeah, of course. i got my EarthX film hoodie here. broke it out for the occasion, hoodie on hoodie. Um, so, yeah, EarthX film is a, a film festival down in Dallas, Texas. It's an environmental film festival. It was started by Trammell Crow, who's a... Um, Fascinating character who's been down there, who, who's a billionaire and, and wanted to put efforts towards saving the environment. And so he started this festival along with a guy, named Michael Caine, who was uh, the president and co founder of, of EarthX Film. And it's pretty damn cool. Here we are, you know, in, in the middle of Texas doing um, really uh, highly. Um, impressive curated well of course because we're doing the curation um environmental films and it's been really fun to put together and a a real challenge and because these stories are hard and they're they're you know challenging on so many levels on an existential level but at the same point you know there's a lot of triumph out there and of course your your film the wild is Along those lines, you know, like here's a really hard and important subject, and yet here's a win. And of course, as we know, so many times it's not a win. Yeah, and that's the hard part. But but it, but the festival is uh, in April, and we did a live festival this past year with drive-ins and all that. So it's been really fun to work on, and I'm I'm, I'm grateful to have the uh, the opportunity or the platform of EarthX Film to to do environmental stuff, which to me is really true to my heart. And we don't do a lot of it at Original Thinkers intentionally, you know, but, but I, I care about the environment so much. And so being involved with a film festival that, um, allows me to work in that world is really interesting and, and, and satisfying. Well, first of all, um, I'm grateful
0: for being included as part of World Oceans Week yeah. in EarthX TV, which is a uh, a new platform, um, and EarthX Film and the film festival, as you mentioned, and being just a part of that and being selected uh, was was a real honor. And um, you know, I think that so many of us out here in the world want to do good. Want to um, do something to you know work for and fight for the things that we love and believe in. And obviously that's that's the whole paradigm behind Ava's Wild and the, the work I'm doing here. But um through your work with EarthX and and Original Thinkers, there's a ton of things we're facing, a ton of daunting challenges. But what are the three biggest and most primary things you think we need to tackle from where we are, where we're sitting, wherever that may be, uh, here in the next 10 years? What, what are those three things?
1: Um, off the top of my head, uh, I think the extinction crisis is so severe and, and one we don't really fully understand or see because it's happening so quickly. Uh, and and I don't see how we tackle it, but it's 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 enormously problematic. And I think the you know real sign of of what we're doing to ourselves, you know, and to this planet, um, the plastic pollution goes hand in hand with that. But it's 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 really disturbing, and the the idea that 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 you know you can't escape it. Is astonishing, and you know the proliferation of single-use stuff that I see everywhere is is insane, and and of course the pandemic only exacerbated it. Um, and then I, I think you know, of course, climate hangs over all of this, but but I think really to the the big thing that this country is facing, but, but is proliferating, is the, the notion of truth. Is just how um, people how politicians, how people are able to sort of lie their way out of things. And that, that I think, is really problematic on a bunch of levels because we just have no shared sense of truth. And I think, you know, the the notion of intersectionality, that everything is connected, I think, rings through with these three things. You know, they, they all are connected. There's something that's just very, what's the right word, very, uh, yeah, intersectional about it—that you say, okay, these things relate, and 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 I think that's you know, a, a Wendell Berry quote was something to that effect: with that that you know, these aren't individual problems but collective problems, you know, and not individuals versus collective, but the but the problems are all of one, you know, which is basically the degradation of the planet. You know, it all kind of comes back to that. Uh, that was a long winded answer to an interesting question. But I uh yeah, I, I, you know it's hard for me to see how we get a handle. The list these goes things. on. Yeah. And I think it's hard for me to see how we figured all this out. And and that's a real thing with me that I, I find myself wrestling with soul nostalgia, which is this term I think we've talked about, this notion of, you know, um what's the right word? not depression necessarily, but, but, you know, anxiety and distress caused by the degradation of the collective planet, you know, we deal with that. Well, look,
0: the, yeah, the list is enormous. And um, we have tools at our disposal. Technology is one of them, but I think that we have had this, false narrative that technology is always going to solve our problems and always going to win the day. We've seen, look, let's go You know, no further than uh, the social dilemma and what was featured at Original Thinkers last year. When technology is designed with the inherent understanding or idea at the beginning of trying to help the human condition, there always seems to be some kind of Stain that comes from greed, frankly, uh, from the desire to possess, the desire to enrich. Um, how do you feel we can use technology, especially in as storytellers, to um, enhance and really hone the purpose of? Saving ourselves right now?
1: Yeah, look, uh, it's it's a big question, and and I I don't know. You know, all I know is that we keep making the stories, and things keep getting worse. You know, I know that that um, you yeah, know, and I do think the wild. That's one of the reasons I like the story so much is it seems to have a happy ending, and that really is not always the case. Um, I don't know if you see the Australians are, are all rebelling against sort Chinese ownership of mines and properties. It's it's interesting what's happening. And, And I, and I, and I like that, you know, and I think the wild begets Tasmania, which begets something else. And, and, but it's still, you know, the big picture is so grim. And that's the hard part. That being said, you know, it's a lovely day here where I'm at and it's a lovely day where a lot of people are at and, and, you know, we can go forward on those fronts, but, but you know, I, I don't really know what we do. I mean, I, 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 and I've thought about this a lot, and I wish I had a better answer. Um, but I do think the stories are important. And I do think, um, you know, films can make a difference on the individual battlefronts. Uh, the war is a little trickier, you know, and I, and I don't, you know, how much more can we know and how much. Little or less can we do, you know, and and that, you know, and and the good guys are doing, you know, Obama was opening up pipelines and, you know, but it it seems pretty impossible to me on the the big front. But again, I think that's why the stories like the wild matter is that you need to make, you know, changes, you know, it was to save what you love, you know, makes sense. Yeah, you know, and I and I think that's a really valid place to be. You mentioned a, a moment ago
0: um, truth, and you know what is truth, and uh, depoliticizing the truth. This is also a huge topic, but how do you see the way forward in creating a place at the table for anyone who is seeking the truth? the actual truth, not, not the tribal truth that you are beholden to because you have cast your lot in one or the other tribe, but the actual physical world, the way that it is and the way that the sun casts the light upon it. How, how do we best make that seat at the table for those we don't agree with to, and, and really how do we reveal the truth?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's, uh, uh, you yeah, know, the, the one bit of truth I think I really fully believe in is partial truth, and, I, and so recognizing that, you get into a place of, um, of, uh, if it gets both complicated and simple, and I, and I think, uh, I had an old professor who had followed my work afterwards and said, oh, I saw this refrigerator magnet and thought of you, and the magnet said, Find those who seek the truth. Doubt those who find it. You know, Mm -hmm. and 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 look for people who are looking for truth. But but when they say they found it and it's absolute, (laughs) then you got to wonder. And so, you know, but but we know the truths that are are in front of us is is on the environmental front are, are very real and and very unnerving. And that's when you look at that, you're like, okay, how screwed is this? You know how how um and, and i think the whole seat at the table thing i just don't think people yeah i, I don't see how people aren't going to be hardened you know we have all the evidence from climate we have all of it and we have the increasing fires and the the rises of tides in miami i mean like there's couldn't There's so much evidence, and yet still there's a really concerted effort. And and, and I think that's the other thing, too. It'd be one thing if you're like, okay, people are going to find their own truths, but the notion of oil companies or other bad actors distorting truth for a long time with massive budgets, with sophisticated campaigns, that's really messed up. Yeah, that's a different level of like – and I think that's pretty much – for me, the way I look at the entire Republican Party is a is a party built on fundamental untruths, whether that's, you know, climate change isn't happening or Trump won the twenty twenty election. I mean, these are just fundamental lies. And 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 they've been, you know, yeah, they they've been willing to take that on and be and own that as astonishing. But here we are. You know, in 20, 21st century America. Yeah. yeah,
0: here we are. And, you know, to be to be fair, uh, and, and that's absolutely right, but, you know, to be fair, the, the tribalism extends both ways. and Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that, you know, to deviate from, from the political side of this, going back to place and having a more inherent understanding of who we are based on place where we occupy our physicality, um, it's certainly something that is hugely important to me, you know, as evidenced by salmon, uh, I am obsessed with salmon. i again, wearing a shirt with salmon on it. I do that. Um, and, and the reason is it's, I don't know, it's like, it's such a mix of pride and love and grief and, um, inherent desire and understanding of this place that has been is my adopted home you know the pacific northwest uh my folks moved out here from the midwest when i was a baby and um it's really the home i've always known um and i'm just so grateful that i'm able to to live my my life this consciousness in this place that has been the home for people for time immemorial that have lived in harmony with these creatures that we um, really mythologize here in this part of the world. Reason I'm going down this road is that, you know, you and I have talked about place and kind of, these are these huge problems we discuss, but what if we can bring things down to place where we are and the community we are in and think about, you know, distribution channels for food, for our business, um, for our storytelling, really fundamentally knowing and understanding the place we're in, knowing what the birds are named where we live, knowing what the plants are called where we live, knowing what kind of food resources we do have that we can have in abundant supply if we take care of them. Do you feel like this is part of your intentionality with Telluride, Colorado, and with original thinkers? And do you think that maybe that that's a Uh, something we can replicate moving forward.
1: Um, yeah, I think it is for me. I think I'm lucky and, and also strategic and worked hard and, you know, a bunch of things, but that I've been able to get to a place I want to live and that I love and that I want to save and that I'm committed to and that I understand to a point, you know, I'm, I still feel like I'm the new guy, even though I've been around there for 30 years. Um, but I haven't lived there and that's, you know, I've lived there only, uh, eight now <laughs> and, and it's like, oh wow, still new to town. Uh, but it's a, you know, it's, I'm fortunate and, and I'm fortunate to be able to do things that are interesting to me and that, you know, with people that interest me and, um, you know, and I think a lot of that is being fueled by the ability to ride my bike most every day or, you know, Go for a hike, or not be in a car. I, it's so often that I'm just like, oh, I never got in a car. Well, that was nice, you know. And so that's a, a I'm fortunate and and really uh, grateful that I'm able to do this. And and I'm also grateful I'm able to be on your show. You know, it's been it's been nice talking to you. I, I you know, again, I'm I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be able to be like working on things. That I get to work on live where I live and have friends like you and, and other people who care about this work and, and who care about, you know, saving what you love. Thanks man.
0: Well, we'll, we'll get you wrapped up here. We're going to do the quick rapid fire that everybody, cool. uh, no, no one escapes. And right. uh, so here, here we fire. go. You're knocking on wood. Your house is on fire. You get your loved ones out, your pets out first, but what is the one thing that you physical thing that you take? before it burns to the ground. My bike, my mountain bike. Duh. All right. <laughs> and now more on an esoteric level, what are the two spiritual things, the things, the fundamental things that make David Holbrook, David Holbrook? What are those two things that you take out of the fire?
1: I take out of the fire. Um, I was, <laughs> I was going to say my, my road bike and my skis. Oh, I'm so shallow. Uh, my grandmother did this ceramic, she was a potter and she had this beautiful ceramic thing that she just painted love is all on Mm. it. It's simple and and beautiful and it's meaningful to me. And I, and I think I would take that. Um, and then my road bike was just, (laughs) we're not going to get, we're not going to lose. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll, I'll leave it at the love is all.
0: That's cool, man. And then lastly, is there anything that you would leave behind to burn up in the fire?
1: Huh. Um. Yeah, I I can't think of anything that's that sounds clever or interesting. um You know, I think it is. A lot of life is is looking forward, mm-hmm. and is looking is is being present or looking forward. And and I think looking back uh, is so foundational and so integral to who we are. Yet also not always the healthiest thing for us to do. And so. Yeah, you know, I think for me, um, you know, whatever I left behind, those ashes would be meaningful. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think, uh, you know, I can't think of anything specific. And I like the question, but I do think uh, it's you know, all these things help us look forward, and that's super important. You know, especially when you're trying to build something that's better. Absolutely. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, David Holbrook,
0: thank you so much for joining us today. And how do folks get involved? Uh,
1: how do they follow you and get involved in sure. the work that you're doing? Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And and uh, I would yeah originalthinkers dot com is the best way to f- see what I'm doing. EarthX Film um, has our films. I have a show EarthX Film presents, which you've been on. We have another show called Defending Nature, which I host, which is worth checking out. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot going on. I'm not really active on the social, which is. A shame but I just don't have the appetite for it uh, but you know I'm, I'm on all the various platforms I just don't do a lot or say a lot I have, you know find my words elsewhere. Um, and thanks again. And, You're kind uh, of busy, uh, man. <laughs> I got a lot going on right now. We're, we're doing a show coming up at Canyon Ranch for Original Thinkers, and there's just a lot happening. But all of it's good and all of it's exciting, and, and I hope people tune tune into what we're doing. Originalthinkers.com. That's the main, the best place to find out what we're up to. Perfect. Well, David Holbrook,
0: thank you again, and I look forward to our next conversation. We'll see you down the trail. Mark, take care
1: of yourself. Cheers. How do you? say what you love how do you say what you
0: love thank you for listening to say what you love if you like what you're hearing you can help keep these conversations coming your way by giving us a rating on apple podcasts you can check out photos and links from this episode at avaswild.com while there you can join our growing community by subscribing to our newsletter. You'll get exclusive offers on wild salmon shipped to your door and notifications about upcoming guests and more great content on the way. That's at avaswild.com. That's the word save spelled backwards wild.com. This episode was produced by Tyler White and edited by Patrick Troll. Original music was created by Whiskey Class. This podcast is a collaboration between Ava's Wild Stories and Salmon Nation and was recorded on the homelands of the Duwamish people. We'd like to recognize these lands and waters and their significance for the peoples who lived and continue to live in this region, whose practices and spiritualities were and are tied to the land and the water, and whose lives continue to enrich and develop in relationship to the land, waters, and other inhabitants today.